Welcome to Consensus, a podcast from Census Technologies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Consensus brought to you by Census Technologies. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for being here for this episode today. Now, today actually kicks off a three-part episode series talking about Census AI squared productivity. And for this conversation, I brought on three guests. I have Seamus Johnson. He's the Senior Director of Application Development at Census. Jeff Long, the Network Director of Sterile Processing at St. Luke's University Health Network. And Cody Trout, Director of Central Sterile at Williamson Medical. And so, I had these three guys on and we had a long, long ranging conversation that we've broken up into three episodes for you to enjoy. And we think that that's a great idea so that you get uh, more bite-sized chunks of the great information that they were sharing just about uh, what Census AI Squared productivity is capable of and, and how it's benefited them in their particular situations. And so in this first episode you're about to hear, we discussed why measuring productivity in sterile processing departments is essential. It's such an important thing. We also talked a little bit more about about the staffing challenges that SPD departments face in today's healthcare landscape. And then we finally wrap up talking about validating those staffing needs through actionable data, all things that, uh, that Census AI squared productivity uh, brings to the forefront. And so enjoy this first episode of the series and then stay tuned for episodes two and three coming your way very, very shortly. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Consensus. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the program. Today, we're going to be discussing Census AI Squared Productivity, which delivers complete visibility into SPD productivity, leveraging the power of AI. So we're going to get into some insights into the capabilities that this platform has to really transform your organization. Uh, and we're going to talk to two people who have a great deal of experience working with Census AI Squared Productivity and a product expert from the Census side as well. So let me introduce them to you now. First, we have Seamus Johnson, Senior Director of Application Development at Census. Seamus, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thrilled to have you on today, man. And we're also thrilled to be joined today by Jeff Long. He's the Network Director of Stale Processing at St. Luke's University Health Network. Jeff, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Glad to be here. And last but not least, we have Cody Trout, Director of Central Sterile at Williamson Medical. Cody, welcome. Thank you, Tyler. Good to be here. Absolutely. So, guys, before we dive in, I want to give uh, the audience an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better, get to know your work and what you do. And so uh, let's start off. Uh, I, I gave a brief introduction uh, for all of you, but uh, Jeff, kick us off. Tell us a little bit more about your role uh, and what you do on a regular basis. Well, I'm the network SPD director for approximately um, 12 sites. Uh, that includes 13 SPDs. Um, responsible for one educator. I have one quality compliance and safety coordinator. Um, I have a resource coordinator that's also our database, our census track uh, manager, and five managers um, managing the, the uh, 13 sites. And uh, we actually support multiple endo uh, endoscopy sites as well. Um, just real quickly about me, I, you know, I've been in the field for over 30 years, um, started out as a flight medic in Air Force, uh, background in uh, OR uh, as a scrub technician, many years as an SPD technician and SPD management. Excellent, excellent stuff. Thanks for that, Jeff. Cody, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, and your role. Yeah, so um, I'm Cody, I'm director of uh, CS at Williamson Medical Center. Um, Jeff, that's interesting. You were in the Air Force. I didn't know that about you, so I just learned something new. I was in the Air Force as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, great. So uh, something in common there. But um, yeah, uh, managed the CS department here with oversight for everything high-level disinfection. Uh, just the one site, so I don't have multiple sites like Jeff does, uh, but just uh, just the one site. Um, 
Excellent, excellent stuff. Thank you for that, Cody, as well. And so uh, wrap us up, Seamus. Uh, you've, you're a return guest here on the podcast, for, but for people who maybe uh, missed your previous episode, uh, give us a little introduction into Seamus. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been with Census now uh, since 2003. Uh, for most of that time, I wrote code, so I was a software engineer. Um, today, I help us figure out what cool new things we should go and build next to help our customers solve their biggest problems. I love it. I love it. That's a that's a really nice and, and succinct answer. Uh, good good stuff, Seamus. So uh, so Cody and Jeff, tell us a little bit about why you were searching for tools to help you measure productivity in your sterile processing departments. What was it that kind of put you on the pathway for this search? Oh, I guess I'll go first. Um, in my previous position before I came on board here at St. Luke's University Hospital, um, I was responsible for the metrics, the uh, data presentation for the OR meetings and our um, to, um, PI performance improvement meetings and things like that. And it, it would take me anywhere from two to three days per week just to collect the data and then to put it into Excel and pivot tables. Um, so I had also a couple of years ago gotten my, uh, received my green belt in lean management and, and my black belt lean management. So I was exposed to that, that different world of, you know, identifying problems and then measuring and then reporting metrics. So that's how I became interested in it. And then one day when I was speaking to Seamus, when I came on board here, uh, he told me the uh, the timing was perfect. They had something hot on the oven or hot on the stove and they were working on it. So that's when we we teamed up together and, and discussed it. Piping hot updates from uh, from Seamus on uh, on cool products. Yep. Uh, Cody, yep. tell us a little bit about uh, about that process for you as well. What kind of set you on this path? Uh, yeah, so I just I'm kind of a data nerd anyway. Deep um, into spreadsheets and that type of thing. Um, I had initially developed um, kind of a a, a, a non biased way to evaluate my staff, and so I wanted to take all the fuzzy feel goods out of it, attach numbers to it, and, and, and true key measurements that were rep- repeatable and relevant. Um, and I even spoke about it with a, with a few other podcasts and, and started a real conversation about it. Um, already being a census customer, um, you know, Seamus uh, had reached out to me. We'd done some projects in the past and uh, he said, Hey, um, you know, can you give us your opinion on this thing? And I'm like, absolutely. And so um, it was, it was, it was, it was great to see that the market was responding to the needs that um, not just me, but other managers were putting out there about access to our data, what we're actually doing, what do these things really truly look like instead of what do I think they look like and, you know, 10 million spreadsheets and, and all that, just all that. I, I totally agree. As leaders, you know, we were starving for data to make decisions. And, you know, some of the common themes I had heard is, well, you're a director. Uh, why don't you know that? And, and I, and I understand that, you know, but, you know, the information doesn't always filter in a, or flow in the direction it should. And, you know, it, it's unique that Cody has one big site. He's, we probably have the same amount of employees, but he's got them all in one place and I have them all over the uh, regional area. Um, but, you know, it, our, 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 our view is different. Because I have multiple sites, his view is is different because he's as large in one uh, area, centralized area. But it's a, probably a big, huge campus to get from one place to another is takes forever. But uh, in my set, my my respect um, uh, respective area, you know, I have to drive far, and we we don't always have our finger on the pulse unless we um, are made aware or we actually see it. Yeah. 
And I think that, I think what you just said, man, that was, that was really key. Like we were, we, we knew, or we, we thought that we knew what the right decisions were, but we needed the, we needed the, the proof. We needed the support to prove that that was the right decision. Yeah. So I think we're, we're I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead a little bit. I'm sorry. I want to jump ahead, but, uh, Passionate about this kind of thing, but Jeff, I mean, nail on the head, man. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that, Cody. Yeah, I think I, I think that's a really good point. Just being able to put hard data to what your assumptions already were, or maybe uh, that the data kind of showed you that you were not going in the right direction, and that that's so so helpful just to be able to mm-hmm. say, "Hey, look, this is what the numbers are telling us," and and, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely right, and very very well put by both of you. So. I want to kind of get a lay of the land of the industry right now, just as it currently stands from a staffing perspective, uh, SPD operations and, and productivity, all the different things that you're seeing out there. So starting off with those staffing shortages and challenges, finding and retaining qualified staff. Jeff and Cody, what, what challenges are you having when it comes to trying to staff these departments? So Cody, kick us off with this one. Wow. What a, what a conversation around staff. Uh, <laughs> how long have I got? No. Um so, so the staffing and the job market has has changed, and that's being very, very uh, yeah. generous. It's being very nice. So pre-COVID, let's say a year before COVID, if you had an opening, um, you know, you would put your posting out, local market, uh, online, whatever it was. And, and, you know, by the time you were two weeks into a posting, you're calling or, or emailing uh, HR to take the posting down. I can't, I can't get through all the applicants. Just, just take it down. I'll sort through what I got and I'll make a decision from there, you know, as opposed to now, uh, in this post COVID world where, um, so many experienced employees have, have, have left, uh, the industry have, uh, either just left because it was no longer the risk reward wasn't there or they've, started traveling or, you know, what reason or another now, you know, same facility, same reputation, um, better pay because, you know, all the pay rates have went up. You put a posting out and it just sits there for months. And then you call your HR, can you change the verbiage? Can you repost it? Can you bring it back to the top? What are some other tricks you got? You know, I've never uh, seen such a change in recruiting in such a short period of time um and that's that's led to more more spds uh using travelers right and so for what for whatever reason staff changes so you've got this influx of of travelers across the industry and it's a combination of things is one it's just raising our operating costs because travelers cost more but two you're losing history and you're losing experience and you're losing Consistency and buy-in because travelers, even the best traveler, is there on a temporary assignment, right? And so that's not a knock on travelers. They're they're great for what they are. They're a, a tool to be used, but they don't have buy-in. They're not concerned about their children have more than likely their children having a procedure there or their uh, parent or sibling or whatever. You know, there's 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 not that. Uh, emotional investment that you would with an employee that lives in the community or close to it, or that may be a patient at that community that uh, facility. Um, something you know to that effect, and it's even to the point now that we're a couple of years into this thing where 
you know, you have to be building for the future constantly. And so, you know, we lost experience. And so that changed our pool. And then the, the management side of SPD CS markets is growing. There's an interest in it now. There's an interest across the C-suite, across the industry itself, different vendors, educators. And so there's this growing need for that. And so when you pick a manager, an educator, whatever that spot that you need to fill is, you're, you're going to attempt to take the, the top tier employee. Well, then you're taken away from your productive employees. And you couple that with the fact that now you're having trouble recruiting new employees to train. And so, you know, that forces you from a director's perspective or a manager's perspective um, and really should be, a, you know, even a team lead's perspective is you, you have to constantly be training your replacement. You have to constantly train your replacement because if you go into a facility, whether you come up through it or, or you located for it, whatever the case may be, you're ahead of that facility at, at some level. Eventually, you're going to leave. You're going to not make it to work one day. You're going to get promoted to another facility, higher up, whatever the case may be. You're going to leave one day. One of the worst things that can happen is you leave your position and your department, your whatever it is, fall apart. Right? That's not, that's, that's, that's not an indicator of a good leader. Uh, and so that being said, like you have to constantly be training your replacement and, and not not just one, but, you know, maybe two or three, you know, options. And, and that's a, that's a constant flow. Uh, Jeff, like what, what, what are your, how does it look in your Yeah. Thanks, Cody. Um, you know, my, my first got here at St. Luke's uh, 14 months ago, uh, one of my, the, my three top goals, uh, the staffing was so bad was um, retention, hiring and time and attendance. Uh, all three of those go together. We just uh, we had so many vacancies uh, at the time. We were in about the 25th percentile for uh, vacancy rate. Uh, we're at about 12 percent right now. But um, that was one of our, you know, because you have come up time. You have orientation. You have those that have institutional knowledge. I think, uh, Cody, you alluded to that already about having that institutional knowledge. But, you know, those folks have to share that information uh, about how the workflow is and how things work and how the OR likes it, the customer likes it. So it's, you know, there's a lot of orientation time. Uh, we What used to take six weeks to uh, go through orientation for someone is now taking 12 weeks because we're hiring individuals with uh, very little SPD experience or, or no SPD experience. And um, so that's that's where we had started off in the beginning. And um, so what we're finding as far as the skills, I, I mentioned it already, is that we're hiring individuals with, with no previous SPD experience. We, we have to fall back now on personality traits and behavioral traits uh, because we can teach them this skill. And um, so one thing I, I would like to mention, though, how we tie that back into census AI square is, you know, we had census for a long time. Uh, we just didn't have really any data or metrics to show uh, which direction we needed to go. Uh, when I got here, uh, we didn't have an educator or a quality person. We didn't have um, 
a database specialist to manage the Ascentitrack system. Um, so in, in order for me to, to right-size that, and even for our budget, our staffing budget, we don't, we don't have a staffing budget per se. Uh, our amount of staffing is based upon the metrics, and we have a unit of service type of metrics, and that, that's what determines our, our staffing needs. So I, I needed data, and you know, thank you know, I, 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 the fact that we had baseline data already in SenseTrack was very instrumental in at least getting our baseline data and having a starting point to show how much staffing we needed at each individual site and, and maybe where we needed to move individuals. Um, one thing that we were able to identify also with the, the baseline data that we had was the fact that we, we would uh, benefit from a float pool. So we took five technicians and created a position, new job description, and we um, we posted it. We had five internal individuals that were certified and, and well-trained. And now what they do um, is they travel from uh, the, our large site to the sites where they're needed. And that has helped tremendously with our um, metrics. And we've we've improved at least 20% of our metrics. Uh, we've, we've gone from the red to, to green on every one of our sites now, because uh, we have the right resources at the right place at the right time. And I wonder, Jeff, just from, from your perspective, is, is that with instrument tracking systems, you know, the longer that you have them in place and the longer you're able to keep staff, then you're able to have staff that, that become experts in these systems, right? And that can really be beneficial to the organization as a whole, right? When people know yeah. and, and understand how to use something like SensorTrack. Right. And as you, as most of everybody in SPD knows, I know Cody knows this, Seamus knows this, I know everyone knows this, that the source of truth is the count sheet. If your account sheet is inaccurate and, or if it's got discrepancy, it's, maybe it's not clear even. Um, you know, that's your source of truth. We live and die. That's our expression in SPD. You live and die by the account sheet. Same thing with preference cards or pick tickets. If those things aren't right, then the, the customer will let you know and you will have problems. So having a, a data, database instrument tracking system that's uh, maintained is key to this whole process. And that's one thing that I was able to present to senior leadership, um, you know, with through the use of the um, CentraTrack um, AI Square and through other types of metrics. And um, and it helped with that decision making because, you know, the last thing that any leader wants to do is go into a senior um, C-suite and say, I need more staffing. Um, they'll they'll get up from behind the desk. They'll say thank you, and then walk you to the door, and you'll never you'll never see that office again. But there is a way to do it, and it's through data, and it's through having a, a good plan. But you've you've got to be able to demonstrate it on one page um, the the need, and you have to be able to show the evidence. That's a that's a really really good point, and and a lot of what I've heard from from people is that. Uh, that when it comes to staffing, you have to show that you're maximizing the resources and the staffing that you already have, right? And that comes from having the data at your fingertips. Yeah, you have to be a good steward of what of what they've already given you. You have to you have to prove that you're. You, and then you know what what Jeff was saying as well. You know the one pager is, is um, one of the people that impacted me growing up. Uh, said to always have an elevator speech in your back pocket. Because you never know when you're going to get on the elevator and your chief, whatever title, is going to be on there. And, and you need to have that in your back pocket ready to go basically at all times. And data is something that they'll most always listen to. 
Seamus, we've let you sit quietly for uh, for probably too long in this conversation. Uh, anything to add uh, to, to what you've heard from Jeff and Cody so far? Yeah, so we've heard similar stories like this about staffing issues from basically every customer we talk to. I think, you know, COVID was tough on this industry. Nobody wants to put their life at risk necessarily, right? Um, and it's a tough job anyway. Um, you know, and, and, and then you couple that with the fact that the, the wages for retail have come up. Um, and, and if you're, if you're young and you're looking for an entry level position and you have to choose between, you know, working at target where you've got air conditioning or working in decon, right. For the same wage where you might get stabbed with a K wire or something like that. Um, it's, it's tough to recruit people. It's tough to, I mean, I think honestly, working in the, in the medical field is probably long-term a better career decision. Um, but uh, it, it is, it is tough for young folks to see that, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, and, and I think just well laid out, explaining some of the challenges that we're seeing in this area right now. Everyone, that's going to do it for episode one in this series. Make sure to tune into the second and third parts of this conversation as well, where we dive in much, much deeper on a census AI squared productivity. Um, but you're going to want to tune into those episodes, so make sure to do that. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or of course, visit the census website for more. And we will see you at episode two.